Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. My name is Harriet Blevins, and I'm so happy you're here today. As always, I want to thank you for your time. I know there are a million other things you could be doing, so I appreciate your willingness to join me today. I want our time together to always feel like we are in mid-conversation with one another. Have you ever felt like things just didn't feel right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Right now in America, it kind of feels that way. In the last two weeks, we've shot down a Chinese spy balloon and several other flying objects over U.S. airspace and had three very toxic chemical spills affecting large areas. Something doesn't feel right. And to make matters seem worse, our government is saying absolutely nothing about it. It's weird and kind of spooky. Life is full of these why moments on personal levels, these moments that just feel a bit off, and we usually start questioning what is actually happening. When they aren't lining up with what we know about a person or a circumstance or maybe even a past experience, and we tend to do the same thing with God. When we can't explain what's happening, we begin to question Him too. We do it because something has gone sideways and inside we're freaking out a little bit. We question him, usually because something has gone terribly wrong. David did that too. Even as king, David came throughout the dark night of the soul with question after question for God, and in the questioning came the revealing. So today, I want us to begin to look at some of life's toughest whys, to stare them down, to digest them, and then to learn how to reframe them. We will talk about why am I here? Why do I feel like people don't like me? Why do I sometimes feel stuck? Why do bad things happen to Christians or to good people? All these topics are very real because they touch our everyday lives. It's easy on Sundays to feel like I can do this after we've heard a great sermon or been a part of a great worship service. But then on Monday, culture and life slaps us in the face, and it's hard to find our faith and our footing. But before we can go forward, we need to look down. What foundation are you standing on? What is actually supporting you? The word foundation means establishment, a base, a support, a principle, or a tenant. We women like to call our base makeup our foundation. Why do we say that? We call it that because everything else we put on our face actually sits on top of that. We have to have a firm foundation under us before we can tackle the whys of life. So the rest will stay where it should and have something to sit upon. So here it is, drum roll of sorts, the single foundation for every why of your life and my life is the goodness of God. I know that seems too simple, but it's not. We will live victorious, full, and whole Christian lives when we truly believe that He is good. 
There was a time on earth that had thousands of dark days. Why? Because there was no voice, no voice of the Lord going forward. He was silent. He was working, but he was silent. Then after thousands of dark days, there came suddenly, those came suddenly to an end in Luke 2.14 with the announcement from the angels carrying a message straight from God, peace and goodwill towards men. The timing could not have been more perfect. The earth was filled with sin and it was the darkest of ages and then came the brightest of lights, the goodwill from the Father. This one decree describes his heart so well and his intent for the earth. If you've only thought of that passage for for Christmas, maybe it's time to shift that thinking. Sometimes we think of the Father, the way we think of the Father is often how one would think of an abuser, someone that does bad things or causes bad things to happen and even rejoices in bad things if it makes his people, quote unquote, holier. But that's just bad theology, If I did to my children what people think God does to us, I would be arrested for child abuse. People say, oh, God is good, but then they credit him with causing cancer, natural disasters, and they even blame him for terrorist activities. Some will try to escape their shameful reasoning by saying he allowed it instead of he caused it. But really and truly, there's no difference. It's just mincing words if you really think about it. If I abuse my children or allow or approve a neighbor to do so, it's obvious I have a very serious problem. Then we sweep it under the carpet with a brush stroke and we say something like, well, I guess God works in mysterious ways. Some even believe God causes or allows evil to take place so that then he has a spot to display his great mercy Now, I want you to really think about how messed up that is. If you broke your child's arm to show your ability to give him or her comfort and then used your own skills to reset the break, how messed up is that? But that's what we think sometimes. People will often ask me when I try to tell them about the goodness of God, what about Job? What about Job? What about Job? But the real question should be, what about Jesus? See, the story of Jesus is the only one you and I really should be following. When we attribute evil to God, we cripple our ability to represent or represent Jesus as God's manifestation of goodwill towards men. In order to answer humanity's question of why, in real truth, we have to stop constantly embracing hellish situations because we think God is somehow using that for good. This type of thinking causes us to forget who the real enemy is. John 10.10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So when we see loss, death, destruction, Everything that is left behind in those situations, we can know the devil has been there. That is always his calling card. So why did Jesus come? John 3, 8 tells us the Son of God came for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus taught us how to recognize the works of the devil and then destroy them. Many believers will say God is good. But the definition of his goodness has brought much debate and conflict into the actual family of God. 
if he's really good, we'll actually have to find out why the greater works than these that, that John 14, 12 talks about have not been uh, happening around mine and your lives. We will have to stop creating doctrines that explain away our own anemic faith. Creating doctrines of no miracles today not only contradicts his word, but it's a very sneaky way to avoid any responsibility. He never meant us to live below what his own earthly ministry looked like. John 14, 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. The end time harvest of souls is coming. It won't come through slick media presentations, fog machines, or even powerful music. It will come through the greatest revelation of all time. God is good, and He is a perfect Father. On the next episode, we're going to break this down even further. But today, I want to pray with you before we go. Dear Father, Thank you, not only for this beautiful announcement, but also for the coming of your son, Jesus. Thank you for salvation, healing, and deliverance that this brings to all of our lives. Thank you that when we have questions and whys, that you are there quick to answer and guide us and direct us with your wisdom. We receive that today. We declare that you are good and that your mercy does endure forever. Now help us to live lives showing this world, this to the world around us. We love you, Jesus. You are the kindest one we know. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now you guys know I always like to leave you with the little tip of the day. Today's tip is isolation is not good for us. Now hear me out, all you introverts out there. I didn't say intentional solitude isn't good for you. I said isolation isn't good for us. In this past era of the pandemic, isolation became a true cultural buzzword, much like a trophy to be upheld and celebrated. Entire societies put structures into place to ensure that everyone stayed apart. The problem is some people liked it so much, they never again gathered. One in five churches closed between 2020 and 2022. Why? Because people were still isolating. People were still staying alone or only in small groups. Much of this has been driven by the spirit of fear and is not of God. We know that God calls us to be together in families, in friendships, in church, and other groups. We were never intended to be alone. God actually said in the book of Genesis that it is not good for man to be alone. Alone gets us in trouble. It gets us in our heads, which is not good. Our friend Buffy Andrews um, from the Madewell Center here in Wilmington put it this way, isolation makes us feel lonely. It cultivates negative thought patterns about self and drives our depression and anxieties further sometimes. So let's make it a practice to get out there, make social connections and be the creator of our friend time instead of waiting on the invite. That sounds good to me. So let's have lunch one day. Okay, that's all I've got for us today. I hope you heard something today you can take and use in your own life and your own spiritual walk. Until next time, go make your life awesome. Awesome.